looking at permaculture, there there is quite this um, engineer-like ecosystemic thinking behind it, which I don't want to be unfair, but in a way still pictures nature as some kind of very complex machinery. Greetings and welcome to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. I'm your host, Dan Palmer, and this is episode number 10, in which I am incredibly excited to bring you a conversation with Yasha Raw, who, along with his partner Zonya, heads up the Institute for Participatory Design, which is based in Germany. Uh, I recorded this podcast on 20th of February 2018, and I'm really pumped to be tapping into the wealth of knowledge around healthy process, around generative process that Yasha and Zonya have been developing for quite some years, and to hear about Yasha's, how he got into permaculture, his experiences, and then what he's been part of in terms of developing what they call the field process model, which I think has so much value to offer to the cutting edge of permaculture's evolution of its own self-understanding of the design process which is at its core i'll get right into it i really hope you enjoy and i'll check in with you again at the end so here i am uh delighted to be speaking with yasha raw it's currently early morning in germany and yeah. i'm so excited to have you join me for this episode thank you thank you dan thank you very much it's a pleasure hearing from australia and how mm. it fits into maybe my my personal generative process mm. because mm. I went, as I just said, uh, told to you, I went to Australia, I think 12, 14 years ago to do my permaculture diploma. I was a student then uh, for philosophy and sociology, and I was really interested in how design sustainable environments. I got to learn about permaculture in, in England, in London, where I did my permaculture education and went for three or four months to Australia and visited projects, did some woofing, all this kind of stuff. And when I came back, I founded the, the Permaculture Academy in Germany because at that time in Germany, there was only a loose association. There was no educational program on permaculture. And I was quite impressed by what what the UK had offered me and I was thinking this is something we have to have in, in Germany as well. What year so, was this? What year did you start the, um, the permaculture? Now, now here's the thing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chronological dyslexic and I can't remember <laughs> like, like dates and stuff. I, I can sort of tell you what happened at that time, but I can't tell you the date. I think it was 2002. Okay, yeah, I was going to say a very rough ballpark, just to, just so I can get my bearings. Okay, so roughly somewhere around 2002, you've 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 learned about permaculture, you've done some study, you've been to Australia, and you come back to yes. Germany and you start the what you you so it was the 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 Permaculture Institute. Academy, what it was Academy of okay, great. So, so maybe we can. We had an association, and this yep. association was called the Permaculture Institute. Okay. But I was a sort of association, and I was uh, solely focused on. I wanted to provide good education. I wanted to provide a good educational program for the people in Germany, um, because my vision was we we really need professional designers. Uh, that was my intention. I wasn't so much into uh, all the kind of lifestyle around permaculture. I really wanted to have a, you know, a huge group of people capable of doing sustainable design, of doing permaculture design and going in all fields of life and uh, bringing their pro professional services to these fields. That, that was the vision and what I did, I, I, I tried to find the best permaculture people in Germany, um, hired them as, as teachers or build a cooperative of teachers and we offered the 72 hour course and all the sort of curriculum stuff. And uh, me and my partner, Sonja, she's doing the institute with me as well now here, the Institute for Participatory Design. We work kind of really into um, understanding how to teach the students of permaculture design the design process itself. 
like what happens when you design. In permaculture, we have all these tools, we have all these nice little methods, and but somehow, if you want to teach someone how to get to a, a good design, you have to understand the process, how to get there. And we try to really, we have about 10 or 12 versions of what we at that time called our permaculture design procedure. So, you, you know, the, the, all these Redem and Sadem uh, abbreviations, like we did all that and we tried to really get to the core of it and doing the details, what do you have to do first and then after that and then that and then that. And what happened was that our students all came up with good permaculture designs uh, and we asked them for their diploma or for their education to to write the process down. And hopefully, we hope that they would do the process, but they never did. They somehow came up to this design, and in the end, in the documentations, they tried to put it into the form we have taught them, but they never did it this way. They actually find completely different ways of doing it. There were moments of clarity where they suddenly had sort of the uh, the eureka moment and uh, plotted their design down. So we thought this is really weird, and somehow it doesn't it doesn't work in a standard way. I mean, nowadays I can only laugh about it. All these efforts we put into finding out how the right process has to work. But at that time, it was really important for us. And then a second uh, development came that we that we were really annoyed by the sort of permaculture scene because we found that it was really hard to get the people who really wanted to use permaculture as a professional tool. And we had many people who were very much into the lifestyle but weren't so much interested in really becoming pro professional designers. And then I had to quit the my university, or I quit the university. I did my my philosophy uh, uh, masters, and uh, I had to provide for a family. <laughs> and I found out that the Permaculture Academy could not do that at that time. It was good in parallel to being a student, having some income and some nice occupation, but it wasn't enough to prov provide for me. So Sonia's my idea was to found the Institute of Participatory Design because our idea was we have something like a Trojan horse, sort of a vehicle which which uh, sounds very academic, maybe a little bit sort of dry or boring even, like an institute. And we try to do more or less the same stuff as in permaculture design, but we try to sort of directly focus on sort of the mainstream society and going to rural areas, going to the cities, and working in all kinds of fields with all kinds of people, which not necessarily have a sort of hippie, um, green lifestyle background, which we have too, and we love it, but for, for our intention to sort of get this thing really going, in society, we felt it was a problem. And um, so we founded the, the, the Institute of Participatory Design. We did a lot of work with Christopher Lang Sander and Pattern Language. That was for some years our main focus to understand processes. We more and more came up with the understanding, okay, generative process doesn't work like, uh, it's not a management task. There's, there's more to it. There has to be some understanding of generative flow, of chance, of chaos, um, creativity, and good innovative ideas for sustainable design. It's not something you, as Christopher Alexander would say, you can produce, but you have to generate it like the, the omelette example. Yeah, you can't build an omelette, you have to generate it. Yeah, just to help, <clears throat> help listeners um, 
key into what you're saying. I've been writing a series of blog posts introducing and exploring Alexander's distinction between a, a, a generating process and what he called a fabricating process, which is yeah. what you're referring to. Sorry, yeah. go on. Go on. This is great. I'm loving this. No, this is, was just sort of... Uh, we found through Alexander, we found that what we were trying uh, was to find a way to fabricate permaculture design by trying to find the right procedures uh, of a design process. And uh, so with, with this knowledge or with uh, what we learned from Alexander, we uh, found this completely different look on the design process and how to deal with it. And uh, I always was fascinated by the core model by Bill Mollison and the whole pattern understanding. And so one time I was sitting in my, I, I don't know, I have a, what, what's it called? I don't know. It's, uh, if, if you have a construction site, you have these, these wagons. Here in Germany, a lot of sort of uh, people live in these things sometimes. Mm -hmm. If they have a sort of left alternative lifestyle, they make them really nice and cozy, like tiny houses and live in them. So I have one of them in the woods uh, where read and write. And one day sitting there, I came up with, if, if this core model of Bill Mollison is describing how uh, generative processes in nature work, maybe I can use it as a model uh, to understand how creative processes in humans work as well. And that was sort of the starting point from developing what we now call our field process model. So that's, oh, hello. Hello, this is, this is my daughter, Robin. How old are your kids, Hi, Yasha? My son is uh, 13. Okay. And I have two uh, co-daughters mm -hmm. with my partner. My partner's daughter, uh, they're 17 and 24. Okay. Wow. Different, yeah. um, different uh, chapter. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a chat with Yasha in Germany. Could we have a little bit of space, please? Thank you. Um, okay, this is yeah, this is this is brilliant. So you're you're sitting in the thing, the cabin container, and you had this sounds like an epiphany, right? That wow, I've, I've been learning about. Yeah. Well, so firstly, you would you you'd become dissatisfied with what permaculture had to say about design process. You'd look pretty hard, and given the engineering sedum and obridum and all that stuff, you'd give them a shot. You'd found this harsh discrepancy between what you taught people to do when you're using those what they actually did and then another discrepancy between what they did and what they said they did and so on so it was like it basically just exactly. led you to realize that you weren't there and then and then you yeah. then you you started to really immerse yourself in the world of christopher alexander and his idea of a generative process and then yeah this wow hang on a second this core model of mollison and his patents chapter of the designer's manual might be a really a much more useful way of framing you know, the, yeah. the essential realities of a process, which you're yeah. now calling the, the field process model. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, Bill Mollison comes from this engineering background, but I find where, where he becomes most um, fascinating, or for me at least, were always his sort of pattern understandings and where he uses pattern, patterns of nature as sort of guiding his intuition into his design. And uh, that always for me, even as a permaculture teacher, were the most interesting conversations and, and sessions in, in our workshops. Mm -hmm. um, talking about this core model and how from, from understanding patterns like the spiral and so on, uh, design can, can emerge. But Christoph Alexander, of course, takes us on a complete different level again in, in terms of, of abstracting what is or what is actually the, the quality behind these patterns mm. and how we can understand and make use of these qualities behind patterns. And of course, it's a different understanding of pattern, but still it's, it's something, this pattern recognition as, as, as something we do as humans and we can do very well. We had this tour with David Holmgren uh, through Germany uh, many years ago. Ah. 
And I was fascinated by how he looked at the landscape and was just reading it all the time, these patterns. Mm -hmm. and, and my background is more as a philosopher. I'm also, I studied sociology and I was all, always interested in how can we actually as humans and as groups of humans with different backgrounds find good designs and solutions for the challenges we face and and what is the patterning of how people interact how how they make meaning and bring sense into what they experience and how do they from there on uh, get to a point where they become creative collectively creative and find solutions like these patterns they were the most to interest me and still are I mean I think it's it's a mystery I mean it's 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 the most interesting part for me what we've done in terms of, of design of course our institute we are basically a design a collaborative design agency something like that and for the last 10 years we have really made an effort Sonia and I to prove that these kinds of approaches work in more or less every corner of society with more or less every thematic background or on every subject like Sonia is a landscape architecture uh, architect and uh, a city planner so we did a lot of city planning uh, projects but we also did something like school development mobility development we worked with associations with uh, companies so more or less in, in every field and we worked with people who who couldn't read and write we worked with disabled people we worked with sort of all kinds of milieus of society uh, just to again and again make this proof to ourselves that this approach work and that there are actually patterns and that these patterns don't depend on, for example, the education of the people you work with. Fantastic. One, one thing I just wanted to, to, to say and just see if you felt the same way is when I started reading Christopher Alexander, I was struck by the fact that it, at one level, it, he was asking the same question that permaculture asks, which is, you know, what, is it, what would it mean to, to mimic nature? You know, sometimes the way that permaculture authors and Alexander would talk about what they were chasing, you know, what, what they wanted to bring about, sounded very similar. But then the next step, which was how are we going to, you know, what's the process that's going to get us from where we're heading to where, we're, where we can taste as possible, this more beautiful world that's lush and abundant and fits in with nature. My understanding is permaculture went down the track of kind of importing process ideas from elsewhere that ultimately make it very, very difficult, if not impossible, to deliver on its aims. Whereas Alexander said, well, it's kind of, it's an empirical question. Let's go and look at how nature goes about generating itself. And let's go and look at the, the human cases where beautifully adapted systems were, were generated in the past and, you know, just go and figure out what the heck happened. And that he spent his whole career kind of exploring that question and the idea of a pattern came up along the way. Is that your understanding, you know, of, of kind of permaculture and Christo Alexander kind of aiming for the same thing in general terms, but, but yeah. um, Alexander doing the actual work of saying, what would a process that's worthy, that's able to, to deliver these, you know, to take us to this beautiful place, what would that look like rather than permaculture just kind of doing a bit of copying and paste effectively and bringing in ideas from landscape architecture and engineering and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Okay. Sure. And in a way, as a philosopher, of course, I, I look uh, at the ontology, which lies behind mm. it, or mm. the ontological paradigm. Mm, which is mm. the basis, the foundation of the thinking of someone. And of course, as we both said, uh, looking at permaculture, there, there is quite this um, engineer-like ecosystemic thinking behind it, which I don't want to be unfair, but in a way still pictures nature as some kind of very complex machinery, uh, which you can somehow fix or which you can somehow work with if you understand the complex mechanical uh, setup of, of, of this whole uh, thing. Mm -hmm. And Christoph Alexander, I don't know really where he derived from, uh, like from philosophical point of view, um, because he's much more open to, especially in 
well, it's green books here, to leaving this mechanical paradigm. But I don't know where to, to place them, actually. I never, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never really got into it. But this was, for example, one point uh, where we decided we will uh, switch from using a language of uh, ecosystemic thinking to a language of uh, field theory and looking into that, even though that there is no field theory as there is a systemic theory or systems theory. There are a lot of people talking about fields. Example, Levine, for example, if talks about group processes, which is, of course, interesting for us to understand that. A lot of stuff in psychology, Bourdieu and, and others but I feel probably the kind of field theory I'm looking for uh, has still to be written. Mm-hmm. Maybe by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was fascinating for me for the nature of order series, which to my surprise, even though the pattern language is very popular in, in permaculture circles and, and often cited pretty much. I've, I've, it's, I don't know if I've met a single permaculturist who's, who's even read any of the Nature of Order series where in, in book four of that four-volume series, his, his life's masterwork, he kind of says, look, this incredible generative process that I've just laid out on a plate for you, it's not going to stick unless we actually go deep into the ontological presuppositions of our entire, you know, so he, he effectively has a go at crafting an alternative cosmology. Yeah, yeah. And like, like you and say... That, uh, so, so I'm very influenced by... Um, um, uh, sociology of science uh, and actor network theories. I'm really a lot of, I don't know if you've heard of Bruno Latour and Donna Haraway. Yes. Yep, love Bruno Latour. I've read a little bit of his stuff. He's great. Yeah. yeah, and I feel that in a way we have to base our understanding of processes on this kind of still, even networks are still, there's still a systemic thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But um, we made made a few sort of basic terms. And if I want to start with the field process model, maybe that's, that's where we should start. And one term derived from actor network theory we use is that of the participator. Uh, because an actor still has this sort of active part in it it's still a a subject yeah so and we were thinking what can we find we need so the smallest particles of our system should be uh, not subjects and objects it should be something new which is both or neither Hmm. and we coined the term participators deriving from the actor network theory theory but saying like every element we work with is participating in a situation and that's why there are participators but they participate in completely different uh, ways to the situation so uh, this cup of coffee is a participator and i'm a participator and you're a participator and if either of us would leave the situation it would be a different situation um, it would be a different constellation of the field we would call it in, in which we work so um, that's the, the second thing, and that's why the, the model is, is called that way, is, is process and fields. We think it's the same. It's, it's two words to describe the th- same thing from a different angle. The process is describing it from a sort of dynamic chronological point of view. It's the dynamic view of a field, and the field is sort of the frozen state of a process. So that's why we call it, call it field process. And uh, we think to understand uh, design processes, especially participatory design process or generative design process, we have to understand this field in, in its dynamics, in its movement as a process. And we have to understand, the Alexander would call it forces, we call it participators which constitute the field or the process and which interact. And we have to understand the dynamics and the interaction of these elements of the field which are relevant to the project we're doing at the moment or to the design process at the moment. And we make a distinction between process and procedure. Quite, um, that's quite important for us. 
The process is the whole dynamics um, and the procedure is what we as humans plan or implement to work with the process. So we make this distinction because often in literature, process procedure is used as a sort of same thing. We say, no, the process is, is happening always and everywhere. It's just there. And we can interact with it, we can dance with it, or we can even uh, manipulate it, which we wouldn't recommend. But that's the procedure, that's our procedure. Like we have a start point, an end point, where we want to have a result. And in between we do something, hopefully a generative uh, sort of design process. But that's the procedure and we plan it. Mm, great. And, and, and is what sometimes happens where people equate procedures and process they kind of think, yeah, the procedure is the sequence of steps and it starts when we say and it does this when we say, whereas this, yeah. the, the process that's always always there and always happening is this dynamic, this thing exactly. with its own life and, yeah. and within which the participateurs are, the role they're playing is being defined by their place in the field at that moment. Yeah, that, so that, I think that's a very powerful yeah. distinction. Um, like this, uh, the surfing, what was it? You can't on the wave but you can write it we often mm. say you can't on the process but you can write it and for us the process is the wave and the procedure is is uh, the whole sort of the drive on your surfboard and the methods are the the sort of the technical things you do to stay on that board yeah yeah so tell me what the, the procedure is the what the procedure is the board the procedure would be the when you start crawling out to the waves yep, from yep, yep. getting on the board, driving all the way to the shore back. Yep. That's the yeah, got That's it. the steps you do to sort of ride the wave, but the wave is the actual process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's useful. Something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> I, this is really exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, uh, you keep going. I find always it's a bit sort of maybe tiring, but it's important for, for us to understand these or to really define these terms we try to work with mm. to, uh, to re really understand why we think this is a different approach to, for example, sort of a more or less systemic oriented uh, way of dealing with design processes. Mm -hmm. yep. Now I come to, to, to the field process model and in the way, if you know the core model of Bermolison, it's something like a tree mm -hmm. or like the Vitruvian man or uh, like um, the, the magnetic field of the earth. It's, it's this sort of, you have, you have the spiraling in from, from the bottom, like the roots uh, to the stem, you have the stem, then you have the branches where everything sort of flowers and blossoms at the top. And this is basically the, the, the three steps of the, the, um, of Bill Mollison's uh, core model. And we think you really have to take into account also the, the shell, sort of the, the large bubble around it, mm -hmm. so that it becomes a whole apple or magnetic field or whatever um, because that's uh, there's a, a fourth quality which is really important and we see it as something as a as a dynamic flowing model it's not a, a frozen state but it's it's always in movement it's like it's almost like breathing sort of breathing in breathing out breathing in breathing out it's this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sort of pattern and we just try to understand I mean it's a model of course it's not reality so uh, we we made sort of analogous um, uh, uh, qualities to each of these faces and we started by by the roots of course they sort of gather nutrients from the earth and it's it's this process for us um, where a group of people um, gathers information basically from it, from the field where they start interacting. All participators of this field start interacting and there's a lot of exchange of information and there's what we call, uh, uh, we call it uh, emergence, like diving into the field, really understanding what is happening, what are the interactions, what are the forces, 
what is moving what and uh, how does it all fit together mm-hmm. and bringing yourself into it as well in our understanding you're never an objective designer from the outside you have to be, become part of the field you have to connect to the field and all the participants of the field in order to get this quality of the, the roots of the field process model and what happens is the more and more information you gather, the more and more connections you make, the more and more you understand, the more dense the whole field becomes also in your own um, intuition, into your, in your own feeling, and, and you see all the problems. Um, it be- becomes maybe even tense. You might find... Um, hotspots where some crisis lures behind and you can then say okay forget it i'm i'm not coping with it or you can say okay i'm getting into this and i'm really trying to deal with the difficult constellations of these fields i'm trying to understand it i'm trying to resolve it i'm trying to get into the conflict to understand what's happening here um Maybe. When, can I just clarify, when you say you're getting into the constellation of the fields, are you talking about you know, coming to understand the relationships between the different participants inside this field that you're part of? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, basically, compared to classical permaculture design, if you make a, a design for, for a farm, a permaculture farm, for example, it means like understanding every, the soil, the weather, the microclimate, the people working here, um, the ecological factors, um, the animals, um, sort of everything which is a force in this field, which needs to be understand uh, and understood in their relations to each other in order to make uh, uh, an informed design about it. Now, as um, I can imagine a lot of permaculturists I know listening to what you just said and saying, yeah, big deal. You know, that's what we do anyway. But I think there might be a, at least a couple of flavors that are actually different. Like one, one thing I get from you as you're speaking is that s- slowing down at this, at, this, at this stage to be able to, I think you said, drop in or sink in where, where it's not, not just a rational process. You're really feeling what's going on. And you mentioned the idea of you might start to tap into hot spots, into lurking crises, into realizing that yeah. they're important too like, you know, they may be really they may maybe become pivotal so it might be conflict yeah, a good, between a good design should at least help to bring some transition mm-hmm. uh, or transformation to to the field mm-hmm. and what we feel is you have to become a participator of this field yourself you can't do this thing like that's done a hair way you can't be a sort of objective designer looking at a system from the outside and sort of fixing it from the outside you have to get into it you have to feel the connection you have to feel the forces you have to feel the everything which works inside uh in good terms as in bad terms you, you have to experience it's a sort of experience and this this experience we believe it's the only thing which gives you something like what we call field intuition like if you drive a car and you do it unconsciously, you have this kind of, you really are uh, a part of it, or you, 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 um, you've understood driving a car on a sort of intuitional basis. And in the end, we believe to do a good design from the inside, you have to come reach the state where you feel like now you have connected, now you're part of it. You're one of these participators of the field. And that means also in the end that everything uh, you change will affect yourself as well. So we believe that there is no, no generative design which doesn't sort of change yourself in the process as well. Mm-hmm. You, you do your that. own learning, your own transition. And only if you experience that, you can be sure that you have actually brought some change to the field. Great. So almost like one of the criteria to know if it's been an authentically generative yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Because That's otherwise, you, you have been this detached outside mm. uh, engineer. Mm, yeah. Uh, but as soon as you really get into it, 
you become part of it and you feel you feel the forces of the field in yourself mm -hmm. and that's also the way how you tr can transform or how you get the ideas about what needs to be changed to to the field in order to um, uh, support a sustainable or abundant uh, system or field mm -hmm. yeah yeah if you do this sort of emergence not emergency emerging is coming out and emerge, dive, dive yeah. out, emerge yeah. yes also you start with emergence with an i yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, and that's know. reaching yeah. the state of field field intuition and of exactly. a deep full. You know, all of you is plugged in. You you kind of you're you're asking with your whole your whole being, what's going yeah. on here? What's going on yeah. here? Because there's yeah. always something going on, and I want to know what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Thing is, though, uh, I called it the the uh, when in Germany the first internet flatlines uh, became available. I called it the flatline to the field. <laughs> you really have to be connected yep. and not just in the moment but constantly yeah and you can't fake it right you, you once yeah. you're there you know you're there and there's no, there's probably not much point continuing until you're there until you cross yeah. the line yeah. and you, you're you're a, and you're a participant you feel, tour. You feel it personally and you feel it as a group that's an experience we always make yeah. like sometimes it takes really really long this this phase and this quality to get into it but then suddenly it really makes not click but it, it just you feel it you you know now you're connected now you're part of it and now you can actually start interacting because before you are connected you can just sort of make outside suggestions but you're not acting from within and but what usually happens is if you are connected you of course uh, notice or experience um, all the sort of flaws of this field or, or the the points where where there are barriers or where things don't work the way they should and this brings you to sort of this really dense point of the the stem of the field process model or um, we call the crisis or the, the transformation phase which more or less is the same crisis means means to make a decision and at least in, in, in German the word crisis comes from the background of medicine it's where a patient either dies or becomes healthy again from an influencer for example that's the point of crisis. it's a point of decision like you either go that way or you go that way and if you've made this decision there's no going back that's the crisis uh, from from the sort of quality point of view and of course this crisis brings transformation and that's that's the idea like in the end you have to reconfigure the field in a way that the the rules which work in this field will change as well not just the um, the, the products or uh, uh, this or uh, like single things which happen in this this um, in the field, but the rules, like how the field acts, how the dynamics of the field works, will change at this point. And that's the point where you change as well. If you're part of this field at that moment, you will change with it. And it can be a crisis between people. It can be uh, figuring out some, some, some technical problems or whatever. Mm -hmm. And our understanding is that if you make this decision, you yourself or the group or everyone who participated in the process or everything, um, then usually you get this sort of this relief and suddenly all this creative energy comes about and you start designing and this is where you, because you have made a decision and with this decision suddenly a whole set of new possibilities and scenarios open up and uh, you have all these options and you just start plotting them down and you come into this emergence uh, emerging flow mm -hmm. like it's like a firework or branches blossoming or whatever mm. and and this is sort of the three stages you have also in, in the, the core model of Bill Mollison 
And we, the first years, we only worked with them. And then we noticed, yeah, we have these great workshops and we do this work and we have all this great, these great designs and ideas how to do them. But the most important thing is really to implement them mm-hmm. and to cultivate what the, the new ideas are. And so we developed the, the fourth quality, which is sort of the, if you want the leaves falling down in autumn, uh, back to the soil. It's the longest process and it really takes time um, to implement everything you designed into into uh, your field, into your project. Okay, and then I find it really important to, to just point to, of course, if, if you make a narrative out of it, if you tell the story of the sphere process model and the qualities as I've done it, uh, you take these four stages of quality in, in a row, like one, two, three, four, but in a real generative process, it doesn't have to happen this way. Yes, it's I was going to ask like, about that. Yeah. yeah, more like in an atom, there is a sort of a possibility that in the beginning you are more more likely to be at this sort of root level, but you can flip, or uh, uh, participators can be at different stages. Yes, at the yep, same yep. time. Yasha, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. My yeah, sure. four-year-old is having a unusually significant breakdown in the next room. I might just go and see if I can usefully participate. Is that all right if if I come back in like a minute or two? Thank you. Okay. Well, yeah, um, talking about, talk about crises. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just noticed that I'm not that used to uh, speaking freely about this whole thing in English. Uh, but it's it's good practice. Awesome. Well, yeah, and you're doing you're doing a wonderful wonderful job. Yeah, no, I, I, that was great. And of course, I'll be able to link to that wonderful article you wrote, which which covers sure. um, I think most of the ground. I don't I don't know how much it covered that that kind of fourth layer, the leaves falling to the ground. One thing I wanted to ask you about there was so emergence with the eye. You're reaching you, the state of field uh, intuition and. Becoming a part of participator and the, in the word we use quite a lot at the moment for in this is also resonance. Resonance, okay, yep. So achieving a sort of a state of resonance with the field, yeah. And then starting to hone in on barriers, blocks, following your conflict. feeling, conflict, and and then coming to this decision point, this crisis point, transformation point, and then as you move through that, the stem things open out and you said you move into designing so you're starting to flesh out some possibilities so and, and then you talked about the leaves as the implementation but i want to yeah, ask about is it the case for most projects you're going to be moving through all four phases many many times or well as i said it, 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 it's a model to understand for us first yep. there are four qualities yes. And, yes and and these four qualities are are important and of course, uh, if we plan something, if, if, if we develop a procedure, um, we think where will these qualities most likely happen in the mm. procedure. Got it. And yep. as a thumb of rule, of course, they follow this one, two, three, four pattern, but they don't have to. Yes. And if yep. we are facilitating a design process, we're constantly checking what is happening at the moment? Yes. Do we reach a point of crisis, or is this about implementation, or is this about generating new, new ideas, or do we have to get back to understand and connect and getting more into resonance again because we've lost it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're constantly flicking through these um, yep. four qualities. You said sometimes different participants might be in different, might be expressing. Yeah. One one quality might be stronger than another for this participator, and, and a different ratio for someone else. And 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 would it be true that even even for each participator, like for yourself or some you know another another p- person involved in the process, that they can be in in a few different places at the same time as well. I mean, you, I guess you you yeah. tend to your center of gravity yeah. tends to be somewhere. Exactly. There. Yeah. Exactly. That's the point. There's a sort of a higher chance of being at some point than the other. And of course, I feel that all these four, four qualities are always there, 
Yes. But uh, for us as uh, per, um, facilitators of these processes, I mean, that's basically what we do is we facilitate these design processes. It's very important to understand where everyone is at the moment and what the, the process as the wave, the process suggests and where we are in sort of uh, in comparison to, to the process, to the wave. Yes. And what yes. would we so, sort of the best thing to do now? Like the goal would be always to reach this this quality of generativity, which means that basically not we, but the process suggests the quality we should work in at the moment. Mm, yes. It's the, it's the process. It's not us as the facilitator saying, yep. okay, and now... Yep. We, uh, we have some brainstorming of ideas, but if the process sort of suggests now you've reached a crisis, you've made a decision and everyone is sitting at their table and saying, I've got silly, I've got all these ideas, then we go for it because mm -hmm. that's what the process, the generativity of the process leads us to. Yes, yep. so you're, you're listening and being informed by the process as to what happens next. There's no, there's yeah. no, never a fixed procedure. I loved in, in that article about how you described the process as being a bit like a, a writhing snake, you know, and some, yeah. sometimes it, that was actually very useful in some of the projects I've been part of. Sometimes the process will actually spit someone out, you know, spit a certain kind of energy out or it'll bring some other energy in. And that's, in a way, you're, you're, you're relaxing into the process and letting, letting it do what yeah. it needs to do. Yeah. And even if a crisis comes up, I mean, that, that for us were, was a very long learning curve was to understand that if a crisis in the process happens it's not because we're bad facilitators it's because the process suggests that this is what we have to face now mm -hmm. in order that it really can transform into abundance into into, into fruitfulness into creativity um, we will not reach that point if we don't face sort of the, the, the black spots, the, the conflicts, the barriers uh, to the process. Yeah, that's lovely. I, I, to me, what, part of what you're talking about and what I've read in Christopher Alexander, it's kind of like a paradox or an enigma in some ways in the sense that it's through the, he describes them as the, you know, the, the tensions, finding the conflicting forces and going into them and using those as clues. And, and you kind of, yeah. as you move through those, you actually start to, feel the system expressing its potential and, and that's that's like those moments of crisis they mark the pathway to beauty you know to to the because um, some people can say oh that's a bit negative you know you're just focusing on you know on on on, on these kind of unpleasant things but it, it turns out that those can be the pathway to the most pleasant outcomes yeah. and, and i uh, i love them yes yep yeah yep. i'm this sort of Maybe there are different characters as well, uh, more adapt to one or the other quality. And um, I like being the analysis and the resonance and, uh, and getting in touch with everything and connecting. But when I start feeling the pressure, when I start, this is now getting really dense or we hit something uh, no one wants to face, no one wants to talk about or... Um, there, whatever I mean it can even be finance there's not re enough resources to do what really want to do all these can lead to crisis and if I feel that I get really excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah now it's happening you wake up you wake you wake up at that point <laughs> that's that's because great I know through all the processes we've done I know that if you really face this and get deep into it, you get out of it as well. Always. I've never experienced anything else. I've a lot of, there's a lot of trust in generative process in me nowadays yep. because I know if we really face this crisis and if we're really honest with each other and, and really look into all these problems and, and address them, we'll get out of it. We'll get out of it many good ideas like it's really this emerging quality of wow wow and now i have all these ideas and, and all these possibilities and new perspectives which open up and this is such it's so great so if i feel we're moving towards crisis i already expect sort of what will come <laughs> after the crisis and yeah. this is like an orgasm <laughs> i have to have this so i'm getting into this crisis <laughs>
no matter what. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And one one question is I I can I can feel the the lovely positive energy in you as you speak about that is that I imagine that as you worked more on this it was pretty hard to stop a presence to these qualities you're talking about and this kind of from kind of leaking out into the rest of your life, right? Because what you're talking about it would apply into being part of a family or you know to whatever. Yeah. And that's that's something we struggled quite a lot with because um, you really have to step out of the fields as well. If, yeah. if your project is ended, you know, you have to let loose and let go of all these connections and energies and forces uh, pulling on you and really get out of it and get back to your own life. But of course, my own life looks like this pretty much as well. <laughs> like everything, if it's if it's in our institute, if we have a change process here or some some conflict or whatever, of course, you're constantly in this connecting getting into resonance working with it transforming it being someone else in the end having new ideas and then starting implementing it and it's a constant cycle uh, that's how how i feel it at the moment how i, I live with it mm-hmm. and of course it, there are points where you can break it uh, where you can really step out of it and it doesn't work anymore and uh, this is something I'm working on at the moment quite a lot because I feel in between these four qualities, there are always sort of uh, breaking points. Like, for example, if you don't have the courage to step into the crisis, you'll stick in this resonance. And it's a nice, cozy, it can be nice and cozy because, you know, mm. hey, we're all connected and yeah, we have some probably problems, but we don't face them. Um, it'll work out the way it is. And you sort of, you stick in your routines and all this kind of stuff. Or you will never get into real transformative, emergent ideas. You're not, you don't get there. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have the courage to really face your fears, face the problems, be it financial material. It doesn't have to be on the sort of uh, emotional side. It can be very concrete and tangible uh, um, barriers and, project, um, and problems to your project. But if you don't face them, if you re- resign, if you don't have courage, you don't get into this channel, into this hot pipe and hot spot uh, in the sand. Yeah, which means you eventually you stagnate, you can't adapt and stay alive. And One thing I wanted to ask you was inside that uh, emergence space uh, that, that, that the process tends to start with, doesn't have to, it'd be good to hear about, because I, I know that important, one, one thing that you, you're doing there is, well, a, a quote comes to mind from Alexander saying that it's extremely hard to help people tell you what they want. And, and, yeah, what you've learned about that process of, of helping people or, you know, finding out what the intention is here. Like, do, do you have a, is that a, is there any particular words or anything you do in particular or, or you just sort of follow your feeling as you're, as you're getting into resonance? Well, as you said, it's, it, there's nothing mysterious about it. It's, it's a little bit what permaculture people um, do anyway it's the sole phase of observe 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 and get into connection like really really connect to what you observe not just observe it from the outside but understand what is happening what is making this kind of field work and the yep. way it does and of course there there are numerous uh, methods you can use and formats uh if you're a facilitator of a process like that um, how to bring groups to do this can be on a very sort of very technical level that you really get out and measure and analysis make an analysis or uh, observations that you plot it down but of course you can work with emotional methods or uh, group therapy methods as well if you want to get into that it really depends again on the field or the process what it suggests yeah like yep. if i want to plan a I don't know, a garden for a group of gardeners, an urban garden, I might work completely different than if I do a change process in a company. Yes, yep, yep, yep. So you can come up with any number of procedures, but you you don't want to confuse that with the process and let the process tell you what needs to happen. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's great. Well, what I I need, of course, is I need a set of tools or, or methods I can apply to the situation. 
and mm. I, I need to know which methods are more like sort of creativity and innovation methods using in the sort of in the third stage in, in the branches uh, where you are creative and which uh, methods are more useful if you really want to understand and connect to something are you, have you are you writing a book about this I would or love to I need someone to finance me yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, one question I did have is, is um, in the last, I don't know, maybe six months ago, I came across Theory U, you know, the work of Otto Sharma, which I think I've seen you reference yeah. somewhere. And there's obviously some yeah. parallels there. Yeah. Be, you know, what, what, what do you understand the relationship between field process theory and Theory U to be? I think there's uh, quite a lot of similarity. Yep. I mean, Otto comes from this um, um, uh, Steiner background in his thinking and that is still quite popular in Germany. We have all these Steiner schools and mm -hmm. uh, I think in, in, in a way his, his, his you are the first three stages. Okay, yep. So if you're coming down to the bottom of the you, I would say it's a similar quality described in different words. Uh, what we say is this transformation phase where the crisis can happen and um, sort of the, the whole getting down to the U is, uh, is more sort of the, the, the resonance phase in our model. And then when you get out, it's the creative part. So it's a little bit like our field process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes from a different angle, but I mm -hmm. think in terms of patterning and qualities, you can almost make a, 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 a translation. Mm -hmm. Oh, great to know. Um, uh, yes, I mean, I'm conscious of your time, but I'm also conscious of what's happening in our house at the moment, yeah. which it's going to be useful for me to be part of bedtime activities. Yeah. And I feel like that was probably a pretty awesome, you know, first instalment. That yeah. I'd, if, if, you, if you're open to it, I'd love to keep the conversation going, to sit with that and, and, and to maybe if you send through the diagram to share that with people and maybe even invite some, some questions. And of course, it would be wonderful to hear about some actual projects, you know, for you to, give, to flesh it out with some examples as well. That would be really useful. And at some point, yeah. to share some of the stuff I alluded to around living design process, which is kind of starting from the same place and being inspired by that article of yours, some of the words and distinctions and discoveries we've been I making. Some of your work as well. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, well, maybe at some point we can go in the other direction. You can ask me questions. <laughs> Definitely. I would love to. Okay. Um, I would love to keep the conversation up and maybe we can find another Skype call because for me yeah. it helps. We're on, on the point where we um, want to become more international yeah, with our work. Yeah. Okay, again. great. Yep, yep. Um, and I would actually love to at least write more articles, also in English, mm. maybe even a book sometime. And these conversations, they, they help a lot. And I would also love, maybe in a couple of years, in two or three years, to make a small come to Australia. Ah, I was hoping you'd say that. Make, 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 make a teaching tour or something. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can, make, we can make some trouble together. Yeah, well, we could certainly talk about that and be part of that also in New Zealand. Um, because, yeah, like, we, yeah the, the community around this kind of stuff is slowly growing in, in a couple of years. I think there'll be a lot more awareness and hunger for this kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah great. Oh, yeah, let's maybe, let's maybe stay in touch and, and check in again in a week or two. Yeah. And go from That's there. Good. Fantastic. Great. All right. Thanks um, a lot. Regards to Sonia, yeah, and thanks for your time. Yeah. Shame. We'll, we'll talk again yeah. soon. Do you want to uh, say goodbye? with your family. <laughs> we'll do. See you later. Bye. And she looks happy again. Yeah, that's right. Crisis <laughs> resolved. Yeah. Right. See, see, see you. Bye. Bye. Wow, what a conversation. I sure hope you found that as stimulating as I did in terms of kind of prompting or opening um, new vistas and realms of possibility. Uh, in terms of the design processes that you're, you're involved in, in your life. I just, yeah, the, the idea of basing design process in a field as opposed to an ecosystemic background. These powerful, profound concepts like the idea of a participatura, the idea of um, reaching field resonance or field intuition, um, sinking deeply into what's going on in the field, that distinction between a procedure and a process, 
is I've you know I'm already finding that very useful. That idea that the the, the crisis, which I looked up in English, and in English also refers to the a big decision, including the 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 moment at which a patient either dies or comes back to life, and the idea that rather than these crises or conflicts or blockages or pinch points or tensions or whatever you want to call them being distractions from a healthy generative process, the right ones being part of the very pathway through which a generative process has to travel to get to the possibility of, of, of transformation, of actualizing potential and, and helping the, the system step forward. I'll, um, I'll stop trying to digest by sharing my train of thoughts out loud and leave you to do it in your own special way. If you've got any comments for Making Permaculture Stronger um, for that community or you want to send me a message, head over to makingpermaculturestronger.net where you'll find a whole bunch of stuff in this genre, exploring permaculture design process and, and generally shaking things up a little bit and trying to help permaculture lift its game. I thank you for listening. I look forward to catching you in future episodes and I'll see you later.